0: Hello everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of Brown Eyed Unicorn. I'm your host, Hannah Brown, and today it's just me because I have some fucking business to get to. First of all, if you follow me on Instagram, thank you. And also you know that Jackson and Brittany's wedding gave me so much stress that blood started to come out of my ears and my eyes and my nose. Um, I also want to say that like, It's the day after the wedding. I'm recording this on Sunday, like, early evening, late afternoon. And I want to say that, like, it was so much tackier than I could have ever imagined. And, you know, Brittany's a beautiful girl. I'm not going to deny that. I will say that the dress was not great. It wasn't great. Although, I will say the bridesmaids' dresses, I was pleasantly surprised by those. They looked really pretty. Although, I will say... I'm like 90% sure that Britney was the type of bride that was like, y'all have to do a half up, half down with curls. And I just want to say that when I'm a bride, my bridesmaids are going to have a sense of individuality. It'll be like, do your nails any neutral color you want. Like, do your hair any fucking way you want. Have a spray tan. Don't. Live your bliss. I don't like when it gets too, like, promy pageanty, but... You know, it's one of many, many blatant differences between between me and Brittany Cartwright. So the wedding is done. I don't really want to give it any more air than that. But um, I will say that my wedding highlight was Dana Schroeder's Instagram stories, just like way poo in the hotel, holding her shoes and like doing the aggressive MySpace angle, like when the phone is like looking down on you because it's the most flattering and her tits looked incredible. So yay, Dana, for the awesome content. Um, I also just want to tell a story that I randomly thought of recently because it's summer and it's almost July and my birthday is at the end of July. It's July 26th. Let me know if you want um, to Amazon, Amazon me any gifts. I'm just kidding. Kind of. Um, no, but I was thinking about this every year for my birthday, I get an annual birthday spray tan. It's like the highlight of my entire year. That's not true. But I do like, I never feel better or happier or more at peace with myself. Than when I have a spray tan. So I'm very much looking forward to it. And I thought back the other day. I was like bored. Probably at work. Doing something mindless. And I was like oh my god. My first spray tan. Huh. That was a long time ago. I've been in this game for a long time my friends. My very first spray tan was when I was 13 years old. It was for 8th grade graduation. And I went with my best friend Jessica. And we went to a place called Palm Beach Tan. And Jessica's mom Pam took us. And I remember we had to sign these waivers, which I thought was weird because like, essentially you're just like painting my body orange. Like we're not going into like a bed that could give you cancer, but we had to sign these waivers and Jessica was 14 already and I was only 13. And this woman is looking at our birthdays and our forums and she looks at me and she goes, you can't tan. She like points at me and with that little East Coast accent, she goes, you can't tan. And I just remember like I, my heart like dropped into my stomach. I was like, Eighth grade graduation is ruined. I had my anthropology dress that I literally kept until I was 21. It was actually really chic. And then eventually I was like, I I will never fit into this again. But it's this like eyelet like halter dress with like a flower print that I paired with like a purple snakeskin pump. Yes, honey. She was mixing patterns even in like 2001 before it was like a thing. I was so ahead of my time, like a million times over. And then my mom was like, it's fine. We'll just take our business elsewhere. So I got a spray tan elsewhere. And then I remember it's the morning of eighth grade graduation. And I am feeling myself. My hair is curled. I'm like, I am so hot. My braces are glistening. <laughs> and Michael, shout out to Michael. I'm obsessed with him. I love him. He turns to me and he says, Hannah, you look like Elphaba from Wicked, but orange. And I remember like. It was like whoa, like I felt like I was like falling down like a rabbit hole. I was like whoa, no, because I was walking around thinking that my shit didn't stink, and I looked at my arm and I was like, holy shit, fuck, I am orange. And then I took another minute to be like, holy shit, fuck, yes, I am orange. Thank you, Michael, for the observation, but I still feel really sexy. And from that day forward, I became a spray tan stan. Would anyone? I'm sorry, this is just off the cuff. Would anyone buy merch that said spray tan stand? Because I think that's really clever. Just DM me and let me know. Um, also, another story about me being ahead of the curve, and then I'll get into the hills, because we're recapping the hills today. This is important business. Um, I remember I also asked for these this pair of Minnetonka, like black suede, three-tier fringe boots for my birthday, like before freshman year of high school. And I got them, and I was obsessed with them. And I'd wear them to school with, like, a bike short under a tunic. Again, ahead of her time. And then senior year, they suddenly became, like, mainstream popular. And this girl, Alexa, who was loaded as fuck, was wearing them around at school. And I remember being so, like, territorial and defensive, being like, bitch, I started that trend, and you don't even fucking know. And she goes up to me and goes, why do yours have holes in them? And I wanted to be like, well, Alexa, it's because – I've been wearing these for years. I don't need someone to tell me that they're cool. I just wear them because I think they're cool. But I was just like, I've had mine for longer than you. And I just remember being like viscerally, like enraged by like the audacity to A, like shoe shame me and be like, you yeah, they're falling apart. But also it's like, bitch, they're falling apart because I've been wearing them longer than you because I'm cooler than you and more original. It's important not to hang on to things. You know who does hang on to things? The entire cast of The Hills. So you guys, The Hills is back. It is one of my favorite shows of all time. But I will say that going into this new season of The Hills New Beginnings, I'm a little skeptical. And here's why. Since The Hills premiered in the early 2000s, the bar for reality TV has been greatly raised. Because you had had your real world reality tv which was trash like that was their whole thing it was trashy and it was real but then you had your glossy reality tv and i will say that like laguna beach and the hills was sort of like they sort of paved the way for the glossy reality shows that we love today such as real housewives and vanderpump rules it was the first time that a reality show looked pretty in the way that like a a scripted tv series did but i will say that since then the personality you have to have and the drama that you have to bring to the table to be a successful reality reality TV star is so much greater than it was back then. Because now you have, you know, the cast of Vanderpump Rules fucking shit up every single season with the exception of last season. But like... The shit that they've done to make that show what it is is incredible. Throwing drinks, fucking each other's boyfriends, you know, fucking each other's coworkers in front of old ladies, you know, like they've done so many terrible things. And then on Real Housewives, I mean, look at what the Real Housewives of New York give us every single week, like week to week. It's like someone's shitting on the floor, someone's trying to pee in a tub, someone's fucking Harry Dubin, Mario's sexy. I'm just saying that for no reason in particular. And with The Hills, really, the casting was just like, L.A., baby. Here's a bunch of hot young people in L.A. being hot, being young, and going to lay do and hide. But, like, none of them, they all have the personality of a walnut shell. Like, none of them really bring that much to the table personality-wise. You know who did? Kristen Cavallari. You know who's successful? Kristen Cavallari. You know who I could watch on reality TV all day, every day? Kristen Cavallari. I watch very Cavallari. It's not even a good show because it doesn't have enough Kristen. But, like, goddamn, she's gorgeous. She can get messy if she wants to be. She's funny. I'm obsessed with her. Lauren Conrad, personality of a walnut shell. Audrina, personality of a pistachio. Steph Pratt, full-on macadamia. You know what I mean? Like, they're just boring as fuck. Not even Misha Barton can save this show. But I think it's going to be a boring train wreck and I'm I will be on the ride with them if all I can do about it is talk shit and be shady about how bad it is that is still a win to me because I'm watching new episodes of the hills you you can't lose if you're watching the hills I just know like I've just accepted that like the reality tv production value of this show as far as like what these specific personalities bring to the table will not surpass anything on Bravo right now does that make sense So without further ado, let's get into the episode. I just want to say that I took all my notes on my notes app and my notes app refused to accept that Audrina was a name and it kept auto-correcting it to Adrian. So I decided for this entire episode, Audrina's name is now Adrian. So enjoy that. So we started the episode and Adrian is narrating about how pretty matters in L.A., and then it cuts to Spencer and Heidi hiking. And they're like, you know, we'd love to be famous again. And some like Hunger Games adjacent, like, huh, huh, like intense, like scary, like Abraham's daughter, Arcade Fire type, like dramatic song is playing while they're all saying this. And then Adrian, I just want to sh- say she got her top lip filled and she's never looked better. I remember back in the day on the hills, she had no top lip. And I wish you could see my face when I'm doing this because I'm folding my top lip up into my teeth and I just remember her being like whatever Kristen start a war so now that she has a fuller lip I can I, I she's just that much more beautiful and I can take her a little more seriously I know that's cruel to say but cunty journalism am I right so she discusses how she hasn't seen Justin and Bobby in so long and then Brody's like when you find the right one you need to settle down and then Misha's like when you're famous, people have, like, a price tag on your head. A lot of people that I trusted turned out to be monsters. So we sort of have all these, like, establishing shots of, like, what everyone's issue is right now. And then Brandon Lee, we find out, was brought into the group by Brody. And there are just, like, so many superfluous slow-motion insert shots. Like, drink every time you get a slow-motion insert shot, and you'll be wasted in, like, five minutes. You're welcome. And then Stephanie got a new face, and she looks terrific. And it cuts to her in this fuchsia, roughly dress. That's a total nod to my queen, Tinsley Mortimer. Um, I love Stephanie's plastic new face. Love it. I also like that Heidi's face has settled, and it's less plastic. I think she she's just doing the, like, sassy, fun, like, I'm a mom, and I wear a lot of pink. It's, like, everything I want Heidi to be, she's grown into. Um, And they're all parents now, which I'm not that excited about. Um, Same with Jersey Shore. I'm just like, I don't want you to talk about babies. I want you to throw drinks at each other and be like, you know what you did. So, like, please, just because you have a baby, don't think that that means you're supposed to behave yourself this entire season. That's not why I'm watching so we begin at Adrian's house, her new house, and she's looking sadly and somberly at a truck full of boxes. And she reveals that she was recently divorced and had been very isolated in her marriage. And so it's really dope and exciting to reunite with her friends. And she feels alive. And then Heidi, Heidi and, <clears throat> sorry, Heidi and Whitney show up. And Whitney's in a chic leather jacket and a boyfriend jeans combo. Just, like, effortlessly chic since the dawn of time. Whitney is basically like me with my fringy... <laughs> My fringy Minnetonka boots. She's always ahead of the ahead of the curve on the fashion. While Heidi is in a denim jacket with a black fur collar, a coral lip, an understated hot pink splatter painted jeans and hot pink sneaker combo. I just love how none of these people have changed at all, except for Adrienne with her new top lip. And we catch up with Wit, and I love Wit, but I don't think she really has the personality for reality TV because she's honestly just like way too likable and normal. Um, and then let's see. The girls talk about being moms and Heidi talks about she never ever ever wants to be away from her baby boy Gunner. Again, like I don't watch the show to talk about babies. And then Adrian cries about her divorce and how shitty things were and Heidi gives her this like inspirational speech about she's just like sexy and cool and amazing and Adrian, your life is just beginning. And Adrian's like, "You're right. Thanks." And then it's revealed that Justin Bobby is the first person who reached out to Adrienne after her divorce. And Brody does not want to see Heidi and Spencer. Um, And honestly, Justin Bobby didn't do much for me in my youth, but my God, he is doing everything for me as an adult. He looks like if John Stamos and just like some other hot person shit out a baby and then a motorcycle for the baby to ride on. And I am 199% here for it. So Whitney and Heidi encourage Adrian to fuck him, which I love. They're like, well, you know what you can get out of him. Ah!" So they really want them to fuck. And I just want to say there used to be that rumor that Lauren Conrad and Jason Waller made a sex tape. Yawn. I feel like their sex is probably extremely vanilla. But mark my words, if Adrian, (laughs) Audrina, Patridge and Justin Bobby released a sex tape, I would watch it every night before bed. It would be like equal parts. You know, like, great, it turns me on, but also it would soothe me just to watch such hot people have sex. Is that a fucked up thing to say? I don't know. I just, I encourage it. I encourage a sexual union between those two. Um, and then it cuts to LAX. And Steph is coming back from London and Billie Eilish is like, you should see me in a crown. And it's just this like epic return. And honestly, this scene got me giddy. It was just so melodramatic. And Steph's like in slow motion on the moving walkway at the airport. And she tells us that she didn't even know that Spencer and Heidi were having a baby until she read the Daily Mail. Ah, The shade of it all. I kind of love that, though, because... Well, we'll get into it later, but Spencer says that Steph continuously slammed he him and Heidi in the tabloid. so he's like, no, bitch, I'm not like obligated to tell you that like we're having a baby, but like read the Daily Mail. We are. And then, um, Steph calls Frankie in the car, and I have a big soft spot for Frankie. Um, and he's like, why don't you have a British accent? And Steph's like,, uh-huh, cause Spencer makes fun of me. And Frankie now just casually like owns night Nightingale and a few other clubs and like, runs a casual empire and he's like I'm thrilled to have my party friend back even though he's like a dad now and I'm obsessed with this trajectory for Frankie like yes he like he's like running running his own shit running a business also like you know a loyal like husband and father but also still rages and parties and that's like the kind of adult that I want to be where it's like my career is together I run shit but I'm not just like boring because I have a kid like the rest of this cast. <clears throat> I also like if I could get a cameo from Frankie Delgado being like Hannah I got my party friend back you're my party friend like basically saying everything to me that he said to Steph in that scene it would make my life. Again my birthday is July twenty-sixth, just a reminder. Um, so then cut to Spencer and Heidi, and they take an extra as fuck glamour moment in their bathroom. Heidi is blowing bubbles like Mariah Carey on MTV Cribs. She has, like, a full updo and a smoky eye, and Spencer's just looking at himself in the mirror in some, like, red, like, smoker's jacket, and then they share a soothing glass of wine in the kitchen with wine glasses that are embossed and say, or, like, etched, and they say, um, like, Heidi, what does it say? Heidi... Montag or Montag Pratt, and then his says like Pratt Daddy. And I want to say that a monogrammed wine glass is my true nightmare. Um I just don't like like an etched piece of glassware that you get at like a winery that's like Cooper's Hawk. Like I just like a clean, girthy wine glass. I'm honestly though kind of like Dorit with a wine glass, where like I want bubbles out of like a champagne flute, and then I want white wine out of a white wine glass, and then I want red out of like a big like fishbowl type like chic glass. Or, like, if I'm cooking, like, a little stemless, like, European moment. Um, But nothing etched. Nothing with, like, I hate, like, a painted wine glass that says, like, a kitschy phrase. Like, when wine goes in, secrets come out. Like, stuff like that. Like, no, that's my nightmare. Moving on. Um, Basically, we do a little, like, wellness check on Spencer and Heidi. And they talk about how they were so hated by America that they fled the country. And it shows um, Spencer looking like Tom Hanks in Castaway. He's, like, shirtless, and he's holding their dog with, like, a big beard and sunglasses and long, like, unkempt hair, escaping the country. And it's, like, kind of sad, but also fucking hilarious. Like, they were a true nightmare. But I think they're coming back swinging so far. They're my favorite part of the season. I think they keep it real. They're on the inside of the joke. They know that they were shitty in the early 2000s. But also, like, not to excuse it, but, like, give a young person who comes from, like, You know, who is essentially nobody. You give them that level of fame and money. Like, what the fuck do you think is going to happen? You know what I mean? I'll tell you what's going to happen. A mural in graffiti on your wall that says Hollywood the way that Spencer did for Heidi. That's what's going to happen. What else did he get? You got like a fucking pinball machine and a jellyfish tank. I'm just happy that they've gotten their shit together. I'm very proud of them. And I would love to have them on this show someday. Fun fact. So... Spencer's sad that Brody ghosted him once he met his wife, Caitlin, and the boys are sort of doing this um, boys night out, Spencer, Brody, and Frankie, and they go to, shocker, Hyde. Now, I've lived in LA a little over a year, and I still haven't been to Hyde, and I'm totally fine with it. The Clubs are never my scene, um, ever, but Yeah that it's just I would never go there but that's where they go and Brody basically um we do a little catch up with Brody and he basically accuses his dad Bruce now Caitlyn Jenner of stealing his now wife Caitlyn's name because he Brody had been dating his Caitlyn for years before Bruce Jenner came out as trans and transitioned to being Caitlyn and Brody was like Brody like tried to make a joke out of it and was like yeah my dad like took my wife's name and I'm just like let Bruce live, let Caitlin like live her bliss. You know, like if you are bravely transitioning and like putting yourself out there and like living your truth, pick whatever fucking name you want and change it in two years and change it in another two years. Just live your bliss and Brody shut up. Brody was a, he's a nightmare person. And you know, honestly, watching this show really offered me a lot of self-reflection and growth. Um, because When it originally aired, I thought he was so hot. And now Brody Jenner is truly the type of guy in L.A. that I just, like, will find a reason to yell at or, like, scratch on the face. Like, I don't like a douchebag that's like, Hollywood, clubs, vodka, chicks, ha-ha, bro. And then Frankie, Spencer, and Brody are at Hyde, and they drink some tequila. And Brody's like, I'm not into hard liquor anymore. And then Spencer's like, how's married life? And Brody's like... You know, man, there are ups and downs. And then Spencer is like very eager to know what the downs are, which I love. Spencer is such a shady bitch and I love him for that. And Brody's like, well, you know, Caitlyn wants kids, but you know, I'm in no hurry. And, and he's like, I don't not want kids. I just don't want kids right this second. And I'm like, he just seems so uninvested in his marriage. It's just like gross. And it makes me feel bad for his wife, but we'll get more into that later. And Spencer's happier than a pig and shit in this scene. He's just guzzling his liquor. He's just like being shady towards Brody. And then Frankie tells the boys that he's throwing a party for Steph on Friday. And Spencer claims that their beef, I already got into this, is because she talked shit in the UK. And Brody's like, I oh, don't know, Steph's looking pretty good. Like last time I saw her. And then Spencer throws shade that he wasn't invited to Brody's wedding in Indonesia. And in his confessional, he's wearing like a hummingbird. Printed button up which I love Because he's like a hummingbird whisperer now And he says to Brody that he saw the pics and he was like Uh doesn't that seem like the most Beautiful place that I have ever seen in my Life and he says in his interviews That he doesn't hold grudges but JK He does which is iconic and I Want it on a shirt and he's like so this should be interesting Um I loved when he was like that Doesn't that seem like the most beautiful location That I have ever seen in my life like the way he Talks is so ridiculous and funny And then Adrian and Steph are at lunch and it flashes back to when Spencer emotionally abused Steph at that barbecue back in the day. And I literally was at a barbecue last night and like lost my mind and had a rage blackout and yelled at somebody. So like I felt for Steph like crying. I like all I'm all for feeling your feelings in public at a barbecue. So like crying at a barbecue yelling at a barbecue I've done it all I'm basically a prat by the transitive property because like Spencer I lost my shit at a barbecue and like Steph I've cried at one but Spencer literally said to her in this flashback wow 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 what are you crying about Stephanie what the fuck are you crying about that's why you're not in my life you crazy bitch because you come to barbecues and start crying that is so fucked up remember the time where he was like Darlene's just a vagina that's his now mother-in-law um and his Son Gunner's grandma Heidi's mom. He said that Darlene was just a vagina, and Holly was like, "Stop it, Spencer! Stop it!" He's grown a lot, but that oh God, that flashback was just so dark. Um, but Steph is cautiously optimistic that Spencer has, in fact, changed. Everyone else seems to think so, and like Steph, you've been in England. Like, what do you even know? And then Adrian tells Steph that she was isolated because of her husband, and she had lost over twenty pounds because she was lonely and lost. And then she starts crying, which was really sad and hard to watch. And she says she's never really been solid. And Steph thinks that she needs to go after what she wants and that her and Justin Bobby will end up together. Um, cut to Spencer and Heidi. They're drinking a buttery Chardonnay at their home. And Spencer wishes Brody were fun like Frankie is in adulthood. Um, I wish Brody wasn't on this show because I don't think he's a good person. So there's that. Um And then Heidi has mad anxiety about leaving Gunner, And she thinks that Stephanie is like kind of an asshole. So she's not super pumped for the party. And I just want to say in this scene, there was an unacknowledged woman, a mysterious goddess in the background with a dark bun lingering like a ghost. Um, I would assume she's a nanny of some kind. Maybe she helps around the house. I don't really know. But I love that she just was there for a second, like in the haunting of Hill House. And then she was just like gone in the next shot. It was so mysterious. Like, who is she? And then Brody and his hot wife, Caitlyn are eating eggs. And Brody slept in his car because Caitlyn was a literal psychopath. And I'm like, who talks to someone that way? Wife or not, but especially your goddamn wife. And, like, God forbid she has some anxiety when you, her husband, comes home late. Also, like, Brody's a DJ now. Weird. Weird. And apparently Caitlyn went to wake him up and he got defensive and then moved to the truck to get some peace and quiet. Prayers for Caitlin. She's like, the first time I saw Brody, he was behind the bar with two bottles of vodka just pouring them in his mouth. And I'm like, if that's what turns you on, prayers for you. That's like, I can't imagine, like, seeing a dude that I'm now dating behind a bar, like, guzzling vodka and being like, you know, that's how I first saw him. And what can I say? It just won me over. Like, that is so dark. Um. Also, I just have a note that says this show is too long for what it is. I think it should be a sensible 30 minutes in and out, but it keeps going. We cut to Brandon Lee's house in Malibu, and he's just a classic hot, rich kid casually waking up at noon. Um, And he FaceTimes Brody. So much Brody screen time that I did not want or need. And Brody makes a joke that he's trying to live vicariously through his single life. And then Brandon jokes that they should swap and he can take Caitlyn. This is just so hideous and misogynistic. And then Pamela Anderson rolls up because why not? Um, Pamela casually moved to France when Trump got elected which I love. Like woke Pammy I'm here for it. Um, She comes with a white summer dress, little black kitten heel and a sensible daytime smoky eye. And she trolls Brandon for his unhealthy cabinet full of food. Um, It literally, his cabinet like looks like it was stocked by like a child whose parents left him out of town with a bunch or like who left him with cash after going out of town for the weekend and you know the babysitter took the kid grocery shopping it's like lucky charms peanut butter etc cetera, etc cetera. like bologna in the cabinet like casual um and she's like it reminds me of don't tell mom the babysitter's dead deep cut and he's like mom you can't comment on that because you don't eat And then Brandon and his dad, Tommy Lee, aren't on speaking terms anymore because he's very immature and shitty. And Brandon says they have a lot in common. So kind of a dark, you know, sidebar. Um, And then Pammy, my queen, Pammy Anderson, sages the house and she demands that Brandon sages her. So that's Brandon. I don't really know how I feel about him yet. I mean, like, I know I'm supposed to think he's exciting because he has like famous parents, but like. I just want to see what he brings to the table. You know, I love a cast shakeup um, when it's done right. I love that there's new blood on the show. Um, but I want to see, like, is he going to enable Brody being an asshole or is he going to be sort of the angel on Brody's shoulder that's like, dude, I'm a nice guy and, like, you're kind of a shithead. I don't see that happening. Like, I just want to know r- what role he's going to play in the group. I really have no idea. So cut to um, superfluous insert shots of the beach, and then we see Misha in a convertible misha barton ryan i love you that's my misha barton oc impression my marissa cooper impression if you will um mtv it took long enough they made us wait for misha they made us like earn misha they put her last on purpose um and she's on her way to meet steph at the beach so poor misha talks about her dark hollywood truths and um You know, they're nibbling fruit on the beach and hummus. And Steph's like, Misha's like, oh, my God, is that fruit? Can I have some fruit? She's like super lit on the fruit. And Steph's like, yeah, I have hummus also. And Misha's like, no, this fruit is so good. Um, Who knew? Misha really loves fruit. And Misha talks about how she did Spencer and Heidi's podcast and how they discussed that Perez Hilton really badly bullied her. And he's like, Spencer's like, did you ever get that apology? And Misha's like, I don't think I ever did get that apology. And Spencer takes that on. And he's like, "Well, I'm going to get you that apology." And she talks about Perez Hilton really badly bullied women on the internet in the early 2000s. And like, I remember when he came on the scene, I was like, "Ooh, country journalism!" Like, I mean, I didn't know that term in fifth grade when he came on the scene, but like, I loved, you know, how he picked apart pop culture, and I thought it was so funny. But it's so true that like, to be anyone, like his his journalism was so mean, and to be a young woman who got so famous so fast at just such a young age. I just can only imagine what that did to Misha Barton's self-esteem and, like, truly I felt for her in this whole scene. And then she talks about her revenge porn scandal, which was so upsetting, how she was, like, dating this guy that she trusted and loved, and then how he went and, you know, used photos and video of her to try and, you know, get money or whatever, fuck her over in some way. And it was just, it made me really, really sad. And, um... I hope that Misha has a renaissance. I really do. I hope that there's a comeuppance. I don't think that's right. There's a come up in, you know, her career. I want her to start over again. And I want her to be happy, healthy, and safe. I really do. Shout out to Misha. Cut back to Adrian. She's on her way to a date with Justin Bobby. And her sister Casey is on speaker in the car. She's watching um, Adrian's daughter Kira and Casey's like, it's definitely a date. And she also encourages her to fuck Justin Bobby. I just love how much everyone wants her to fuck Justin Bobby. Like, yes, live your bliss. You went through a gnarly divorce. You're on the other side of it. You go, girl. Get yours. Um, Justin looks really hot. And he's aging beautifully. And he says that he's ready for something maybe kind of. Like in the vaguest way possible. He's like, I mean, maybe I could see myself ready to commit, like a mere ten years later. Um, also like when I was watching the Hills, I was like, you know, in seventh grade, fat with headgear and braces. And so I didn't really know what it felt like to be with a guy that just is constantly like breadcrumbing you and leading you on and being that girl that like, you know, complains about him but then always goes back. And, you know, now that I'm almost 28 years old I really do feel for Audrina and their whole like topsy-turvy twisted relationship like it's definitely tricky and um I'm I'm interested to see where this goes I do kind of believe once a fuck boy always a fuckboy. boy like just look at Brody Jenner but I would love nothing more than for Justin to be a changed man and for him and Audrina I'm sorry Adrian to motorcycle into the sunset um But he basically tells her that he has known her longer than her ex-husband and he's done things that her ex has never done. And I'm like, what is he referring to? Like anal or what? And that they know each other on a different level. And is like, ooh, Adrian's like tickled by this. So then Adrian the next day meets with Brody's wife, Caitlin, at the pool. And I... Thought it was maybe at the Dream Hotel. I don't know. I've never watched The Hills living in L.A., and so it was kind of fun to be like, ooh, where are they? Ooh, I know where they are. Um, that, like, was a cool little, like, oh, I'm such an Angelino now moment. Um, but Caitlin wistfully recalls meeting Brody with the two bottles of vodka, dumping him, dumping the vodka down his throat at the same time in a club. And then she tells Audrina – the Adrian thing is getting exhausting. She tells Audrina that um, – that she'll be doing all the work when it comes to like parenting. Cool. What could go wrong? Why do you want to have this guy's baby? Like, are you kidding? It just makes me so sad for her. Um, and this, the way they shot these two scenes, so it cuts between Audrina and Caitlyn at the pool and then Justin Bobby and Brody at the beach. And it reminded me very much of like Summer Love and in Greece. It was like, dun, 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 dun. cut to Caitlyn being like, two bottles of vodka, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. You think you're ever going to be with Audrina? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. All right, I'll tell you. Summer loving had me. I'm going to stop. But you know what I mean? Because it keeps cutting back and forth. And Brody's like, tell me about Audrina. When was the last time you hooked up? And Justin Bobby's being all coy, like Danny Zuko being like, oh, I don't know, man. And then Caitlyn's like, was it a date? Like very much like one of the pink ladies. And Justin just like loves that Audrina hangs with the homies. Like she's a homie. I mean... I have never been a chill enough cool girl to ever be described as a homie. But I also just love that, like, that's what makes Audrina an ideal partner is that she's down to hang with the homies. Like, I'm like, I'm sure Audrina brings plenty of other great qualities to the table, but whatever floats your boat Justin Bobby. And then it cuts to everyone getting ready for the party. So I was watching them get ready, and I was like, wait a minute. What a goddamn minute. I recognize these outfits. This was the night... That I was at Nightingale with Queen Annabelle DeSisto, being an extra in the background while they were filming, and I can't, re- I don't want to reveal any plot points, but I saw some drama in next week's episode that I saw IRL when I was there, and so I may be in the background next week. Actually, I know I am because of Instagram. There's a little moment in next week where it's between and between Spencer and Steph's heads. In the background, you can like see my dumb head. And I just want to say that earlier this year, I was also on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and my head was in between Teddy and Dorit's heads. So I'm just the floating head, floating around L.A. in different reality shows, floating around. Keep an eye out for me. I'm a star. I've made it. I've peaked. Oh, also, as they were getting ready for the party, I just want to say that I did notice that at Spencer and Heidi's house, there was a guy, and I don't really know what his purpose was, but he was wearing one of those shoe covers in your house like when you're like going to an open house like to see you know like Annette Benning, American Beauty I'm going to sell this house today style like those little shoe covers and on the DL like I don't know why he was wearing them in Spencer and Heidi's house but I also just want to say that I really hate when I get to someone's house and they're like take your shoes off like I get that hygienically like we all should but like when I'm like at a house party and like my outfit's all cute and they're like take your shoes off I'm like can we not do this like it's gonna be fine Mop the floor when I leave. I don't know what to tell you. And then it cuts to, so they're all getting ready for this party because this is going to be the first time that they're like all together in one room. There's all this beef, all this drama that's going to hit the fan at this party supposedly. And it cuts to the shot of Steph like dancing and prancing alone in an expensive closet with her little pink ruffly tinsy Mortimer dress. And it was just so um like fake and silly just the way she was sassily dancing around And everyone's rolling up to the club so, so slowly. And because everything on this show happens ridiculously slowly, like just like sexy, slow insert shots, getting to the club with like this, you know, intense, again, Hunger Games adjacent music. And I just want to say that unexpectedly, I was very into Brandon Lee getting out of his car looking like a douchebag. I was like, ooh, that did something for me. And then they're all in the club I'm somewhere in the background, and it ends with Steph raising her drink going, Viva la Hollywood! And that was the episode. God. I laughed, I cried, it was better than cats! Um... So that was the episode, you guys. I'm really interested to see where the season goes. Look for my dumb floating head next week in the episode. A couple other quick housekeeping things before I sign off. Um, I have a Patreon page now. So it's brown or er, it's patreon.com slash Shout out to my few patrons that I have. I love y'all. Um, so there are two Patreon episodes up now. There's going to be a third one coming next week. So I'm really trying to keep it current keep it coming. Um... If you don't follow – I just belched into the mic. You're welcome. If you don't already follow me on social media, I'm at Hannah A. Brown on Instagram and Twitter. And my last thing is please feel free to leave me a rating and a review, even cr- constructive criticism. I'm sorry, guys. I can't speak. Constructive criticism, I'll take it. You can also email me at browneyejunicorn at gmail.com. If you have any ideas for the pod or, again, any feedback, I would love it. I want to make sure you guys are liking the show and that you look forward to it every week. So um, thank you all so much, too, for – the reviews for reaching out for listening for following it all just really really means the world to me hashtag it's all happening um thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week bye